Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hello and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, and I'm so excited to have my friend Ashley Rachel here. So you're going to talk a little bit about your journey from self-love coach into business coach, and you're a brand new mom, like brand new. So motherhood is definitely one of my favorite topics to talk about, especially I think one of the best things I ever did was I started a business a little before I got pregnant, but I've definitely been a bomb boss for the past 13 years and with all the struggles and accommodations that come with that. But I think that this podcast is called Divine Feminine Revolution. And in my mind, that's just like the matriarchy sort of taking over. And I feel like women being able to run life on their own terms, including having kids and satisfying work and lots of money all together on their own terms is obviously the dream that we're all going for here. And you're really living it. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a brag intro, but so glad to have you here and to reconnect and to chat with you. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. Those are all of my favorite topics, so I cannot wait to dive into all of this. My name is Ashley, and I am a business and marketing coach. And so mostly what I do is I work with therapists, healers, self-love coaches. I work with a lot of women who are very intuitive, very much into like feminine embodiment. And what I do is I help them with their messaging. And so my magic really is in helping my clients to take the language that they're using to talk about their healing work and ground it into really tangible words that their dream clients understand. Because what I see happen, and this used to be me, which is why I'm so passionate mm-hmm. about this. I used to be a self-love coach and I used to, I can't, I come from a therapy background, which is how we kind of like mm-hmm. originally bonded over that, I think. Yeah. And so when I came into the coaching industry and I was doing like self-love stuff, I was doing soul purpose. I was helping women to discover clarity around what they want and practice mindfulness and all of these really cool things that I was learning from my therapy background. And I was sharing all these in my content, but I was attracting a lot of clients that just didn't see the value. I was getting a lot of objections. I was like getting on discovery calls with people and then they would just ghost me and not even show up to the discovery call. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I know I'm really good. Like I've been going to school. I know I'm a really great coach. Why, why is like my content not landing for people? Why am I attracting all these weird client situations and not making the sales? And then I realized it clicked for me that my content was pretty vague and it was pretty fluffy. And I was using all of these like really beautiful terms, like poetic kind of like coach talk, I call it, like live your best life. (laughs) Don't actually hold a lot of meaning, but they're common. Ambiguous, yeah. Yeah, ambiguous. And so I realized, okay, this is actually what I really need to focus on. If I'm going to explain what I do, I want people to understand what I do and how I can help them. And so I dove into copywriting content, understanding how to take all of these like really deep things that I was helping people with and put like tangible words to it. And so I started to do that. I launched a group coaching program, sold it out, started doing one-on-one coaching, raised my rate and realized like content really was the key to all of that as well as a lot of mindset stuff too. And so I got to 5k months doing like sole purpose work. And then I realized I really wanted to help other healers and therapists, people who are so good at what they do sign the clients and make the money that they they know that they should be earning. So that's a little bit about what I do. And I'm just so passionate about that work. Well, I think that's so huge because I know I made this mistake in, in kind of investing was like in investing so much in coaches, but like not a lot in team and that kind of thing. And I think it's so hard when 
I feel like mes- messaging is sort of one of those like secret ingredients that people don't recognize that that might be the missing factor, especially I think I love that you work with therapists and whatnot, because I think it's having had a private practice for 13 years, like you really don't have to advertise like psychology today does it for you. You If they are taking insurance, like you pretty much have a steady flow of clients. And so when I made the leap to coaching, I really felt, OK, like I'm already doing this, like this will be easy. And I think really underestimating like how much was involved with the marketing and the tech and just how much it takes to really create content on the regular. And it's kind of a J-curve business. So you sort of have all this like time and energy and maybe money invested into it. And then eventually, hopefully you get, kind of get that like exponential growth. And I know one of the things I struggle with is just being specific. Like I think that flowery, like sort of ambiguous language is I, I am going to go back and do a lot of my posts and kind of go back and be like, okay, let's add the details and the senses and sort of like capture, paint the picture and capture like kind of the dream. I, my, I guess my question for you is, do you feel like it's easier to sell like the, like a, like a piece that you need, like messaging, or I feel sometimes VAs or tech people do really well, or it's like some kind of something specific. If I had to write your book course or start a podcast course or whatever, and actually I had you on when I was doing a podcast challenge and let's hype your podcast because you've got an amazing podcast and we kind of like, you know, talked about, yeah, so I'm going to have to pick your brain about that a little bit because you got some awesome download levels there. But yeah, just to say, I think, I feel like the messaging is, and I've heard people say it's just about knowing who your audience is and then getting really specific and stuff. But I think that that can, I mean, it's just a very like specific way of like writing. Yeah, it is. I think. What I noticed the most, especially with therapists, because I work with several therapists and just coming from that background, like I, mm-hmm. I see the common places, especially where therapists get hung up. And the main place is you're coming from this background of being an expert in what you do and, and a, an academic background, right? Like you're used to writing essays and learning and talking in this very, very formal academic way. That's yeah. just that's what you're used to. And so it's a whole different world, I think, the coaching industry. And so what I see is therapists coming online and then speaking to what they know that people need because for example like a relationship coach it they they might come on and start talking about self-love because they're like well as an expert I know that what my ideal client needs is they need to love themselves they need to practice self-acceptance and so they're writing all of their posts like here's five ways to love yourself and here's how to practice self-acceptance but what their client is actually saying is I want to manifest my dream partner. I want to feel so loved in my relationship. Like I want to attract somebody that just showers me with attention and sends me the cute little texts throughout the day. And, and sometimes there's like, a, you're missing each other is what I see as therapists is I know what you need and the client, this is what I want. And there's error more than the solution. Right. So that's, that's what I see as being the most helpful thing really speak to what do they actually want and how can you speak about it in their words not what you know that they need show them that you can help them get there like bridge the gap but speak to the actual desire lead with the desire Mm -hmm. that makes so much sense when I think about the people I invested in like I think a lot of them not all but a lot of them were like mom coaches and they really spoke to the mom struggle and I'm like yeah this is my life but it was like yes I know exactly what that's like in a very vivid like the diaper blowing out or like your kids screaming at you while you're out of session or like whatever it is and yeah I think like it wasn't necessarily a ton about the solution but just really I know what it's like to be in your life and in your head and I think that that is like the secret sauce for for messaging 
do you feel since you pivoted, has it been easier to kind of, I mean, obviously, I feel like I've seen a huge difference in your messaging. But do you feel like it's easier to sell sort of like that more, I guess I want to say like strategic versus a little like life purpose stuff, which by the way, I've got a life purpose. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I don't. And I, I think that I used to see business coaches and be like, oh, it's so much easier for them because they're selling. Yeah. And I actually think that's a misconception. I actually don't that's true I think people see that and and think that because they're like oh money that's so tangible and it is but at the same time like it's actually hard to sell business coaching in some ways because like I'm speaking to people that haven't earned the money that they want and I'm asking them to spend the money right so sometimes there's like resistance there but also I think selling emotional results can be really easy when you can put tangible examples behind them so like my number one tip is you sell emotional based results. Like you help people trust themselves or feel more confident in their body or things like that. It's like actually paint the picture of what it looks like to experience that. Like the before and after. Yeah. And instead of saying you want to feel confident. Well, what does confidence look like? It's like you want to wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and feel really great as you're putting your makeup like, on. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Getting into the nitty gritty of like, how does that actually show up in somebody's life? Help them visualize what their life can be with specific examples. Yeah. And I think it's so funny when I read other people's content. I was reading one about someone who had kind of gone from like a more splashy coaching career into a more like subtle kind of calmer thing and like talking about just like how good it feels to be rooted in family and partnership and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got that. Like I could be writing about partnership and family. Or I started seeing people write about DBT skills or different. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a DBT therapist, like literally working at a holistic treatment center. Okay, maybe I should be writing DBT posts. And so I think, again, that's the specificity, but also just I think for service providers, sometimes it's so like the thing that you're good at is almost like right in front of you that it's like kind of hard to see the thing. And so I think that's what's so powerful. And I got to say, definitely follow Ashley because I've just learned so much. I mean, if I wasn't on a spending hiatus, I would totally be in your mastermind. I'm like, don't buy, don't buy. But your messaging has been so good. I just want to validate you there. And I really feel like that. I feel like personally for me, that's definitely an edge. But like I learned so much from your post. And it's not just like you said, kind of the five quick tips, which sometimes is are really handy. Yeah. But just like really giving a lot of examples and demonstrating your work and the growth and kind of documenting all of that is, is really powerful. Wow. I really like this book. I forget who the author is, but it's called Show Your Work. And it's kind of like instead of selling people or like that kind of thing, it's just really documenting kind of more behind the scenes of, oh, this is what I'm working on and this is what I'm doing. And then kind of letting that sell. And I think particularly if people are uncomfortable with selling, that is a really, I feel so much more like approachable and easier. Yeah, it does that. I've actually been working on that a lot in my own marketing. Like, describing the behind the scenes of my offers. What is it actually like to be in one of my containers? So I'll go on and I'll talk about in my emails or my Instagram stories or wherever. This, these are the kinds of questions my clients are asking me and this is what we're working on. And hey, when you sign up for this intensive, like these are the actual areas we'll work on and like just grounding it into that because I think that also helps people feel safe to invest when they know like what they're actually mm. getting into versus we'll work on your confidence we'll work on your self-expression but how what how are we actually going to do that break it down and i find that to be really powerful mm -hmm. yeah and i think that that's way better than kind of like the canned testimonial where people are like life-changing those are always nice to have but yeah i think setting the expectations of what you're actually going to be doing and i've kind of had this experience where i 
was working with coaches where I like took all their classes and stuff and then eventually graduated into one-on-one containers. And then the one-on-one was just like very like vague. And I was like, wow, your like courses were so amazing. But when I got you like face-to-face, there there wasn't like a, <laughs> there wasn't like a ton of substance to it. And that really surprised me because I'm pretty intuitive. I think I've made pretty good selections, especially when you hear like some people's stories about being burned. But it was interesting to me how different people could be like in a in a course or a group program, but then one-on-one kind of just like very like lackadaisical. And if you're paying high dollar and you only get a few sessions, it's like hard to get the change within the time frame. And so I've had that happen. And I'm like, do I not like one-on-one coaching? I've had some good one-on-one coaches as well. But I just, yeah. I think you building that trust through like consuming their content and maybe their lower level stuff and their programs and stuff. It was kind of interesting to me to see that people could be so different one-on-one. Yeah, I think that's also where like setting the expectation around what it's actually because my one-on-one is a little bit like that and where like I invite my clients to be self-led. So it's like you come to me Mm -hmm. with the questions and and some people really don't like that. Some people are like, give me the prompt, give me the things like every week I want. But it's just a different dynamic. So I think as coaches, like being clear with here's how like here's promise to you, like here's how I'll show up. Here's how I expect you to show up. And when that's not clear, I think that's when there can be like those funky dynamics where a client feels like not supported or burned and things like that. It's like the expectation and the marketing maybe wasn't clear up front. That's what I found. Well, and I think it just may not be enough time for change. Like the particular person I'm thinking of, like there were nine sessions, a couple got rescheduled. You know what I mean? It just wasn't enough to get the results. And it was like a substantial amount of money. So I think that may be me coming from therapy land where you get a lot of sessions and maybe not that much money. But, you know, I think it's just one of those things. Of, and I totally get the self-led piece and all that kind of thing. But it's just kind of interesting to see where you think you really know someone and then you get in front of them and you're like, oh, who is this? And then it was over and I'm like, oh, about five grand, you know, like <laughs> so there's just one of those things like I, I've, I've kind of struggled with that a bit with just the price point and kind of just really wanting to get people a result and stuff. And so I feel like, oh, maybe I'm more of like a, a course girl. Like the one-on-one I've had some really amazing one-on-one mentorship both in coaching and like spirituality and everything so not to knock it all the way and I probably have just had a lot of that but yeah I think one thing I would just say for people listening is just make sure you can afford the investment because when you have that financial pressure and then you're trying to get results you can totally be counterproductive you know counteractive and I think that's where mindset and all that can come in for sure but I, I like the I like the messaging piece because I think there are so many. I mean, it's weird to see people who are like extremely successful that if you do get the behind the scenes peek and you're like, huh, OK, like I didn't feel like that was that great. And then there's people who are like incredible who are like not getting sales. And so I think it yeah. is very kind of a weird thing. And I think it's the marketing piece. And so I love that you're combining like your self-love and like the therapy background and really being able to hold someone, but then also giving them that like strategic power to be able to get like clients on repeat is like the biggest gift, right? Yeah. I think I really relate to what you shared too. And like, I I remember one of my first investments was a lot of money. It was the most money I'd ever spent on a coach. It It was like most of my savings. It was really, really scary. And I invested that money. And then I also felt kind of similar, like I didn't really get what I wanted out of it. And I think I wasn't like reflecting back on it, like I wasn't ready for the investment. And I was kind of like pushed into it almost, even though it was my choice. And so I had to take responsibility for that. But for sure, it's so important to check in. Am I ready for this? Because some people are just really good at marketing and they're not good at being coaches. Fair, fair. 
They always tell the difference from somebody's marketing. And so that's super important to just know, is it their marketing or are they a good coach or both? And there's it's slim, I think, people that can do both. Yeah, agreed. And I think to get the people who are really good at what they do empowered with marketing, like that's the ultimate like kind of combo, right? That lets yeah. them, because the marketing piece, yeah, I think it's just like educating the buyer, or the customer about all the things that you can do for them and then the buying process and helping them through the decision-making process and then getting really specific and kind of painting that picture of the life you could lead throughout. But yeah, yeah. Well, I like that you voiced that just because, yeah, I feel like I've had, like I've never regretted a group program or anything that I've gotten or even masterminds that have been a little higher end, but definitely seeing behind the scenes. I had a coach that went on like a water cleanse and just showed up looking like death on a session. And that was an important part of her journey, like no shade to that. And I've had those moments as a service provider where I'm going through something really tough personally and I'm like not at full capacity. So I totally get that that's human and all those kind of things. But I was just like, oh, okay. I've only got six sessions with you at a high cost. Like I can't burn through a session because like you haven't had food in weeks. So I think it's just one of those things where I feel like in some ways it's permission giving because it's, oh, okay, well, if if that's like a standard and people are paying for it and this is a successful coach, like by all means, like I should be good. So I think it's one of those things, I'm not trying to talk shit about it, but I think just to say that I think uh, I, I love the idea of like your content really doing like the heavy lifting for you and also just really like ethically informing people about and having like realistic expectations, because I know we're all like selling the myth of the million dollar business, the like travel, like living the life on your terms. And I'm all for that for sure. And that still is probably like a 1% thing amongst all the people who are wanting to be coaches. So I think just. Yeah, I think being clear, clear in like what, what people have to be willing to do. It's another piece where I see when there's like funky dynamics where somebody feels burned or when they feel like they didn't really get what they wanted out of it. It's like what was expected of them in the container wasn't always clear, which is similar to what I was saying before, but a little different. Like, for example, a post that I had written was like five things that you have to be willing to do if you want to create full-time income as a coach. And so I like went, good one. have to be willing to be visible for one. You have to be willing to do the hard inner work. You have to be willing to work on your money mindset, like all of these pieces and setting that expectation because I think sometimes what people do, because we see this a lot in the advertisement world, is it's so easy. It's so simple. One quick, <laughs> one quick solution. And then like you're you're gonna have the partner of your dreams or you're one gonna- post and a million dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's but people sometimes market like that because you think that that's what people want to hear, but it's actually setting you up for failure when you're saying, like, oh, it's so, so simple. It's so easy. I mean, if it is, speak to that and celebrate that. But Usually there's a lot of work that goes into a deep transformation. And so yeah. you need to be like, it's definitely with not that, that easy. That. Yeah. You, Cause you want to attract people that are like, I know it's going to be hard and I'm also yeah. willing to do the work. Well, and I think I like the reframe where it's, it's not that it's easier. It's that you get better. You know right. what I mean? Like when you have all your content and you repurposed it, when you've built an audience, when you've got, yeah. when you can say you've made X amount of figures, you know what I mean? Then you just yeah. have the credibility to be able to say it. So like, I think that that's a more fair piece. And I think actually you're totally right on because when I think about like the coach or two or I had the negative experiences, I had done all their programs and stuff, but I was sold. And so I was like, yeah, I want to do one-on-one with you, but I didn't see a sales page. I didn't see how many appointments there were. And I was just like, yes, I want this. With like realistically, I mean, I guess they've changed people's lives in six to nine sessions, but that's not a lot of time. You know what I mean? 
if I had worked with them for a year, would I have gotten results? I'm sure I would have. But for the money, for the successions, like it just, I, and I will totally own that. I probably shouldn't have been investing that money in the first place. So I'm going to call myself out of that. But I think it's just one of those things like you do get brainwashed, especially if you're following a million coaches and then like the marketing is so effective. And then you're seeing like this glamorous lifestyle. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm like paying for other people's glamorous lifestyles. I need to like invest in here. So I think, sorry for the coaching grant, but just to say, I think it's just one of those things that you'll kind of learn the hard way. But then at the same time, it's like permission giving of just being like, okay, well, that's part of what I love about the coaching industry is that it isn't regulated and you can define your own terms and you can do what you want. So we can't take that away either. But I, I do think if y'all are listening out there, I would just say if you're considering one-on-one, have a deep conversation about can I get the change? And these were short-term sessions for a lot of money, which if I had kind of known that upfront, I probably would not have invested. I just was bonded with these people. So I think it's just do your research, I guess, and manage your expectations. Can you get a change in two months? Probably not a life-changing one. I mean, sometimes you can if you're on the brink already, but. <laughs> well, I also like the way that I see investing in one-on-one too. And I've had to do a lot of work on my on my mindset around this because I used to be like, oh, okay, I'm investing in a six-month one-on-one. Like, I better get results. Like, I better sign the clients. Like, I better make this investment back. And I think when there's pressure on it like that, then it oh, yeah harder and then it's oh my gosh like I'm not getting the results and then you start blaming yourself and blaming the coach and it's just a mess it's such a cycle it is and so I think like my mindset has shifted like when I invest in one-on-one or a mastermind or something that's higher level it's like For I know I'm gonna get the support and I know I'm gonna get the wins but they might not happen in the six months or in the year or whatever like it might mm. some of the stuff we talk about might not actually like land in my body and might not like really integrate for a year or two. I don't know. Like I, but, but just trusting, like, I trust that I will get what I need out of this. I trust that totally. even if it takes time, like I'll get it out, but I'm not going to put the pressure on that. I have to happen by X date because that's not helpful at all. Yeah. And we can see that in manifesting world. Yeah. If someone really wants a relationship and they're like, oh my God, I just want to be with someone. Yeah. The desperation vibe definitely counteracts it for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think, I know for me as a creator, we're kind of talking about, I took a pause from the podcast when my dad was ill. And so like, I have had some start stop and I'm, I'm like a hermit in human design. So I have to struggle with, I'm a hermit role model. So part of me wants to be in the spotlight when I'm in role model mode, but then I'll go into hermit mode and not want to post for a while. And so I think some of that start stop and then even just I love the creative projects, but like when you feed a podcast or a YouTube channel or a book or whatever, you're putting a lot of energy into that versus like actually selling a program. And so I think just that staying power of not getting shiny object syndrome and kind of like doing the thing over and over again until, you know, you're really like known for like in your case, maybe messaging or whatever it is. So it's like that consistency, like your willingness to just keep doing it over and over and over. Even when mm-hmm. you don't get the validation, I think honestly, that's been yeah. one of the hardest things for me is oh. well, just staying the course. Like it's so hard. I think when, if you're talking, I, I've talked about programs for so long without hearing from anybody. And like one time I had an experience where I was selling like a short-term one-on-one. I think, I don't even know, it was like maybe nine or 10 days I had set for myself. I want to fill these three spots. I talked about it every single day and it looked like it wasn't working. Nobody was reaching out. I was starting to really get in my head about it. And then it was like, on the ninth day, I think it was like the second to last day, it was like the people came in all all at once, all in the last day. And it was like, I had wanted to give up. And so that really taught me like, you have to go through the finish. Yeah. And that's definitely one way where I would like peter out. It was like at the very end, which obviously is the, break of the sales. So I definitely 
have been mindful of that and just kind of tried to finish strong, of course. But yeah, I think that's definitely a pattern I see. And then, yeah, just like putting yourself out there, especially if you're sharing your story or my last Fearless Feminine launch, I I kind of have done like a theme for each different one, kind of focused on whatever creative project I'm working on. So this one was about like writing a book. And so I did just like a one line post. Would you be OK if you don't like that book? And then someone bought, bought didn't know me. That one one liner post bought the thing, multiple thousand dollar thing. And I was like, oh, my God, it can be easy. Like off this one post. Holy shit, it's real. Wow. Yeah. But then it's also all the hundreds of posts before that. Post and like getting the messaging down. And that was definitely like just like a huge soul connection. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. Go check out Kate. But yeah, I think it's oh, yeah. Like some of it is just magic and meant to be and like all that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of effort that goes with being visible and so many fears. And I think a lot of when I work on a fearless feminine, it's just like camera confidence because I know that hold me back for years, like being plus size, like being on camera. And then no matter how beautiful someone is, no matter how smart, no matter how capable, like I think we just get so much programming around vacation and beauty standards and all this stuff that people are scared. And then there's the inevitable hate or trolls or like whatever you get from being a public figure. And so, yeah, I think the rejection thing has been so hard for me. And yet I know my pivot was partly because I had to take a step back and then um, I had to come clean with my husband about how much money I spent and then went on the hiatus. But actually that really helped me because I had, I was working with multiple coaches and I was following all these people and I had so listening to all the podcasts, the YouTube channels and all the things. And it was like clowning my voice and so taking a step back and not working with anyone like I felt like it actually did allow more like the authentic what do I actually want versus what my coach is telling me to do yeah and so that was kind of a a a cool power move obviously more affordable to you I definitely miss the support want to be back in the game but it was kind of one of those moments of okay what do I really want and for me I pivoted a little more into content creation versus exclusively coaching and so that definitely takes a lot of time to kind of get the creative projects off the ground but I think that that is a big, a big piece of it. Yeah, you have to find your own voice. Can I share like a funny little yes, story? That, that please. So at one point towards the beginning of my business, I was looking out outwards, kind of like what you're saying. And then this mm-hmm. is so common. This coach, this coach, this podcast, this course, like yes, the place is downloading all the freebies, all these things. That was the space I was in. And the freebie I remember- graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> I remember finding this coach who was really successful and I was so inspired by her. And I remember I was like creating one of my first programs and I came across her sales page and I was like, wow, this sales page is so good. I don't know how to write a sales page. And I remember I wrote my sales page and I had hers pulled up and I didn't copy it. But like I took a lot of inspiration, like too much inspiration. Like, I, oh, I love the way she laid it out. I love the different sections. And so I did it feeling like well, she's so successful. If I do my sales page like her, like I bet my program will sell out. And then uh, no surprise, nobody bought my program, which was probably like a lot of different factors for that. But nobody bought it. And then I actually ended up meeting that coach in person. Like I had no idea I would ever meet her. We ended up being at the same business event a little while later. And I overheard her talking to somebody and she said, oh yeah, I, I like launched this program and nobody bought. And I was like, that was the program that I looked at her sales page. And it was such a moment for me that I was like, I really just assumed she knows everything. She's so successful. And I was wrong. Like not everybody you see like is perfect all the time. Not every launch is perfect. And so 
take inspiration from a couple coaches at a time. That's my rule. I mm-hmm. like I'm hardly following anybody right now. I'm not even working with a coach right now because I'm really just in this phase of like eyes on yeah. my own because that's what feels really good for me. And yeah, you have to just be tuned into what do you want? What do you believe? Take inspiration. But then if something your coach says doesn't resonate, like I always say that mm-hmm. to my clients, if what I say doesn't resonate, yeah, yeah. not, it's fine. Yeah, I found another hack that really worked for me was like I'm a generator and I was following a lot of projector coaches and I love projectors because they're like the oracle and they like spit yeah. the truth and like their stuff is so dynamic and it's just so truth telling. I love it. But then they're the ones who are like, I only want to work five hours and that's their human design. They're meant to do like the sort of like knight in shining armor come in, fix the situation, but do the heavy labor. Versus I'm a generator. So I like to work. I, that's one of my creative project obsession. I want to do it on my terms and I want to make good money for it. But I don't want to work five hours a week. Like I want to I'm, I want to work as long as it's satisfying to me. So I found that actually when I started working with generator coaches, I got a lot better results because it was like just especially I had a coach that was a 6'2 generator, which is what I am. And that was super helpful because I could kind of see in her the role model piece, I could see like the need to hermit. And then we both were like such on the same wavelength that it was just like a really good collab. And so whether you're, what do you know what your human design is? Yeah, I'm a manifesting generator and I tend to okay. work. So that's funny. Yeah. And I, I feel like I like have many gen MB. I, I've got so many many gens around me. I feel like I think I'm a many gen, but I'm like, no, Megan, you're supposed to do one thing, not five things. <laughs> so, like, I've got Manny Gen MB. And I think that's another one is I had coaches that were manifestors or Manny Gens and y'all can produce some amazing stuff versus I think a good example of a generator is like Deepak Chopra. Like he's written like 30 books, but what does he do? He writes one book at a time versus Manny Gens. You can kind of like do all the things. And so especially like with regards to launching, like I'd have Manny Gen coaches and they'd be like, launch, launch, launch. And I'm like, I cannot launch that much. So I definitely have Manny Gen MV, uh, but I do I do think that that can be, I mean, sometimes it's nice to have the different perspective to like compliment, but sometimes it's good to have someone that kind of like really gets your framework. Totally. Do you yeah. know what your life paths are? No, I don't. Okay. Like the little numbers, like two, six or one, five or. I, I have them like somewhere in my phone, I think, but I don't know off the top okay. of my head. No worries. No worries. I found that that life path part has been really helpful to me. I do want to ask you about momhood before we like turn off or run out of time. But like I'm a hermit and I was realizing between like mom, momming and my clients and hubby and like all the things like I really was not alone and I was not taking my hermit time, especially to do like my spiritual work or my creative work or like just self-focused work. I was taking running around taking care of everybody. And so when I got my human design certification and got really into it, I was like, oh, hermit. And hermit and role model, it's like role model is like leading from your life and being very open and visible. But then hermit's like, no, I need to go like hide. And so a lot of hermits will like delete their accounts and be like, oh, this podcast, it's too vulnerable. I'm just going to delete them all. And then all the stuff they've gone. And so that's one of the things they say to resist as, as a hermit. But once I got that, it really helped me kind of regulate and just have more balance in my life and understand those conflicting forces. A part of me is very like bold and in your face. And then part of me is like super shy and just like reconciling that those both pieces are just like both part of my life path. My hubby's like a heretic. So he's a five and I, I love people. They're like the truth teller. So I really love those kind of people. But just like finding that about him, I was like, oh, of course you are. Like, okay, that makes so much sense. So 
I really do pay attention to the, it's kind of the life path. I feel like it's kind of life purposey stuff, but I feel like yeah. it can be a nice little simple reminder. So my question to you is, how old's your baby? She is five months. Five months. God, I can't believe it's been that long. I feel like that just yeah. happened. Time yeah. flies, right? So tell us, how has it been? Just whatever you want to share. Yeah. Your privacy yeah. too, but how are you yeah. balancing all the things? Yeah, I think it's been a lot. I'm like, I don't even know what to say because it's been, it's been a lot, I think. Yeah, just finding the balance of like, when do I work? And I do find that I have a lot of time for my phone, like on my phone while I'm just like breastfeeding or holding her. Yes. But that's where I'm also like, I need to have like good boundaries with my phone so that I'm not on my phone, like that just scrolling. Right. And so I've been trying to like yeah. books on my phone and put like more boundaries around that. But I mean, it's amazing. I love being a mom. Like she's so cute. And just I just stare at her and kiss her all day. And she's just the cutest. And I'm so grateful. I had a pretty easy pregnancy and a great birth. And I feel really, really, really grateful. But there are definitely hard parts, just like the time. Like I have way less time now. But I think it's all like I'm learning to become more intentional with that time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like getting more things done in less time, learning how to be yes. more, a bit more intentional with my time. Really learning to focus on all the things that actually matter that move the needle. I think I'm more aware of that than when before, like I used to get caught up maybe in more busy work. Now I'm like, I have an hour while she naps. Like I need to like do these things that actually matter. So I, I'm learning a lot of lessons. Well, that's a great productivity hack is like they say it'll take the amount of the container. Yeah. So if you give yourself 10 minutes or an hour or two hours and obviously skill kind of factors in there. But I found that to be really true. And I'll be like, OK, can I write this post in 10 minutes? And I can. But if I'm like, OK, I got to write a post by the end of the day, I might like procrastinate on it all day. And then it takes me way longer to write it. So. Yeah, that's how I started the reverse psychology myself and my kiddo too is, okay, let's do a challenge. Can we clean up or who's the first that can do this or whatever? It's a great little hack if you have a little rebel <laughs> or if you're rebellious yourself. Little, okay, can I write the sales page in an hour or whatever? <laughs> so. yeah, I, that's one of my favorite hacks is just going to YouTube, putting the timer in and like doing yes. something in like 15 minute increments. So good. You know, agreed. I, I totally relate to you being on the phone and that's kind of where my YouTube social media like sort of addiction started was really all those breastfeeding years where you are like, you know yeah, nothing else to do <laughs> yeah and I started watching like a lot of art journaling which was very soothing and kind of like a fun YouTube thing and you really can learn anything on YouTube or the various platforms but then I really got into I call it well it's a little offensive but I kind of call it like mommy porn where it's these like moms that like maybe it's a stay-at-home mom or a working mom or whatever and she'll be like cleaning the house and she'll be like meal prepping and she's like doing yeah. all the things and so when I have to motivate to clean my house I get like my little like YouTube post buddy on and I'm like such a type B person and so it really taught me like how to I mean there's so much with momming and then especially when they can move around and make messes and stuff it's just and we've got like a zillion pets and so it's like always bottling to kind of have a clean house which is like not possible in my book but I just feel like so, so many of us are kind of lonely. And I think motherhood is one of those times where you can be surrounded by people and you can still be like extremely lonely because it's the caretaker fatigue. Yeah. Finding community has been so, so important to me. There's an app called Peanut. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. 
friends, mommy friends, basically. Oh, I love that. So I went on there and started making friends. And like now I meet so up. Good. Yeah, I have a couple like girls that are new moms that live down the street and like we meet up. And that's been so essential for my mental health is just being around, whether it's business owners or moms, finding those people that are in a similar place where you can just like rant and rave and talk about the things. And that's just been so good for my mental health. Yeah. And for me, when that happened and I had, well, I was in primary practice, which is a little kind of heavy workload, but I had just gotten like the upgrade in a new office. And then I was so like obsessed with decorating the office and moving and stuff. I missed my period and didn't even notice. And then the next month I was like, oh shit, pregnant. It was like a baby business owner. And so I definitely, I feel like my business, my business is 13 years old. My daughter's 10. So like if that tells you something, but they really grew together and it was such an intense moment, especially like we were talking in the green room about my daughter didn't sleep for like the first five years. So I was definitely like more incapacitated. And I feel like just it was one thing when I was just caregiving like my clients. But when like then I had a little needy person on top of it, like it's where I really started to kind of get more into burnout and fatigue and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think that that's. I think social media can be such a great tool, but it also can be like such a lie where people are posting and I'm guilty of this. I've totally done best of or like just a little bit of, oh, this makes this sound entirely untrue, but this put it a little, make it sound good kind of thing. And, and I think so many of us are just showing like just one small piece of the puzzle that I love when people are like authentically real and they share the struggles and the good stuff because I think it's just so relatable and I, I feel motherhood is such a trip because no one can prepare you for it and it's really different for each person depending on your kid and like what you're coming in with and all that yeah. but yeah I'm so I'm like such a big fan of finding that balance of I'm always telling my clients like share your wins share your celebration be loud and proud about the results you've created and then also it's yeah be real too share your struggles I've I've, I've sometimes shared like I have spit a bowl over my shirt and I'm exhausted and I didn't get any sleep. And this is real life because I think people do tend to put you on a pedestal if you share content online. So yeah. it is really important to strike that balance, I think, of sharing what is real and true. And then also be loud and proud and share about your wins. Act like your work mm -hmm. is a big deal because it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just that whole person one, because I think it's like the fantasy of it. Oh, this isn't. And I felt that way about business, about marriage, about motherhood. Wait, this is a little different than like how it was sold to me. <laughs> and I think that like, you, I mean, you just can't know the complexity of it until you're in the experience or whatever. But I think the more it, it's just I feel all moms are like, I love my kid. And you have to give the disclaimer. Of course, I love them. They're amazing. Like, they're the best thing ever. And they're driving me crazy. <laughs> there's this mom guilt thing is like in so deep that it almost is there's like a shame silence barrier around the struggles of it. And I think definitely if you're caregiving in a lot of different ways, that like really compounds the piece of it. Yeah, that's so true. I've definitely felt that mom guilt. Of, yeah, like. She's so cute and I love her, but like also this is really hard and sometimes like I really hard. Her. Yeah, yeah. And so gosh, if you just have a I feel like if you have real mom friends that are not perfectionists, like that's so like permission giving and awesome because you can talk about the struggle is real. And so I worked with a lot of mom business owners that have kids under five and I'm like, listen, like you're in a season of sacrifice. And I found that to be really true. My business took off really when I when my daughter went to school. That was I mean 
it, or at least it was easier to me, I guess, <laughs> because I had so much more time and capacity and all that sort of thing. And so I think it, it just is, especially if you want to be like mindful and spend a lot of time and do all the things like something's kind of got to give. And I think that is why having your own business or like coaching or courses or whatever your thing is, it is such a great model. If you can, I do think it's like you got to be able to stand the rejection. You got to like really be able to put like the time and energy up front. And like you said, the mindset, I feel like is so huge because we all have our wounds and we all have like our, this feels hard or this doesn't feel possible. And and that's a lot to overcome to really shift a belief like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm also something I speak about is your business gets to work with your life which can be really hard if you have you're taking care of kids and you have maybe parents you're taking care of and you have you get sick and your kids get sick and like all of these things but I'm always telling my clients like this is why we learn the skill to get really good at creating like simple really effective content this is why we we work on those skills so that it can work with your life so that you can still be really present and show up for the people that you need to But also you have a content bank of like content that you can repurpose or you know how to write a post that's really good and sells for you in 15 minutes. And like those skills that allow you to have both at the same time without the sacrifice of needing to choose one or the other all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And repurposing. And I think like your emphasis, like nailing the messaging, like that hopefully can do the selling for you. And then if you have something like a podcast or a YouTube channel, you can really, they can binge watch the hundred episodes and like really glean a lot of wisdom through that. And I think that's really fun when people consume your content and they're like, okay, like I've already learned like this, this and this from you. Let's go deep with the rest of it. I think it's like such a nice compliment when that already happens. And I think there is such an, I think that's really what has drawn me to coaching is just to be able when you work in, in sort of the therapy setting, people are telling you your, their secrets and you get to like witness such growth and transformation and the real, real story. We're not censoring for some people, maybe to like we get the real story, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just so cool to to take that wisdom and be able to share it with the world and, and also to do it your own way versus needing an agent or like some kind of external authority influencing your creation like it's so neat to just be unfiltered and do it exactly your way so I feel like that's what really draws me to it so we're about there in time so tell us where to find you definitely hype your podcast tell us all the things okay so Instagram is where I hang out the most so my handle Mm -hmm. is at Ashley Rachel Coaching I'm on stories quite a bit sharing like behind the scenes of my life sharing lots of messaging things I also just got on the Threads app, so that's been kind of fun. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, check it out. It's new. It's kind of like Twitter for Instagram. And then my podcast is the Follow Your Light podcast. So I have, I think, 80-something episodes by now, signing clients, mindset, strategy, like all kinds of stuff for heart-centered entrepreneurs. And then on my Instagram bio, if you click the link, I have a two-day free mini course on messaging and content. So you can check that out, too. That's so awesome. Um, well, I love that you really do have that. I mean, I have to go and watch some of your podcast episodes because I love that. I love doing the interviews with this kind of format, but it is nice to have a vehicle where you just like really get to teach like the things, you know, because I feel like in the interview, it's a little more oh, this and that and the other versus here's how you do whatever the thing is. So definitely going to be binge watching some of that and so excited to that like it's been so successful and that you've stuck with it. I saw a statistic that don't have a source. I might butcher it a little bit, but essentially something like 90% don't get past three episodes of a podcast. Wow. And then 
something like 95% don't get past 20 episodes. And so if you have 21 episodes of a podcast, which I've got about 100, you've got about 100, like you're already in like the top percentile of podcasting. And I thought that was like such an empowering quote for me because podcast is one of those like hit or miss. It can really, it's a small circle. It can really take off, but it also can be like you can create with like crickets as well. So I think it's one of those like labors of love kind of moments. But then I was like, damn, I'm just maybe it's the overachiever of me, but I'm like top percentile. Okay, yeah, that does feel good. <laughs> so you're in the top percentile as well. That's <laughs> very good. I've, I've honestly taken a little bit of a step back from it lately. Yeah. It, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of commitment. Yeah. It's like I have to do it when I feel inspired, but it yeah. feels really good to know I have a library of work that people can just go. Yeah. Like, binge listen and that's such a resource i mean like the ones that i'm devoted to or i've listened to all the seasons and all the things it's yeah there's such a wealth of knowledge just from that and so if you're on a budget you can't afford the coaching consume the podcast the youtubes all of those things because you really can't the information is out there it's just like how high touch do you like want the support to be for sure right um, but Ashley is so awesome to see. We were in a container a few years ago. We kind of like chatted and it's just cool to see your evolution of your focus on what you're doing with your coaching and then also just becoming a mom. And I think you're glowing. So you must be doing something right. <laughs> but it's just been so great to see your journey. And I do love how you share about it. And your stuff has been super helpful and particularly the messaging department on stuff like one of the things I'm focusing on. So Yes, thank you so much. Keep on keeping on. And thanks for coming back. I would love to have you again, maybe a little on down the road, see what we're up to next. But yeah, go check out Ashley's content. I feel like you've got like such a sweet, gentle energy. And then you've really got some like very strategic things. You used to be a blogger. So I feel yeah. like you've got the email list. You've got, you know what I mean? I feel like you've got some specific things that sometimes other coaches if they're doing more of the emotions or like the life growth or whatever but what I've found is like the more I invest in like tech or like team or like support I'm like oh <laughs> this is like the juju so if you have a coach that yeah. can do that too well, it's like the good stuff so like it's hard to balance feminine like, and the masculine so important. yes yes so good well give that little baby a squeeze for me and so excited for you and your next chapter and so excited for you with the mastermind and everything so thanks everybody for watching and we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the divine feminine revolution podcast make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review want to keep the conversation flowing find us on facebook at the divine feminine revolution facebook group where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts monetize their gifts, and change the world.